You know what's a popular aspect of sports fandom I've never understood? The topless guys all lined up in a row, each with a hand-drawn letter on their bare chest. Sometimes they spell the name of the team like Eagles. Sometimes it's a different message. Many NFL games are cold. Why not just make a poster and like wear a jacket? And of course, it's always the ones you never want getting naked. Yo, welcome to my summer lair. I'm your host, Sammy Yunan, and director Kyle Thrash is my guest. His compelling documentary is Maybe Next Year. Maybe Next Year is a profile on Philadelphia Eagles fandom during their miraculous Super Bowl run in 2017. But, as you'll hear, what is personal becomes universal. I mean, isn't that often how our experiences with sports goes? Hi, I have Kyle on the line. Kyle, this is Sammy from my summer lair. Hey, what's up, man? How are you? I'm good. Thanks for taking the time to do this. Yeah, thanks for wanting to chat. Are you good to go? Rock and roll. I'm good. I guess, actually, in your case, I should say, are you, we ready for y'all? <laughs> I have my moments here and there. Not many of them, but I have them. Actually, I do want to start in um, December 2019. You directed a really cool chest-thumping Nike-style get hype ad for the NFL playoffs. Uh, You had Chiefs fans on horses, uh, Ravens fans riding dirt bikes like a hip-hop video, uh, Titans fans tailgating. What was that experience like, getting a glimpse of different NFL fan bases and their cultural traditions? Yeah, it was cool. I mean, I was coming off the dock, and, you know, I had worked with the NFL briefly on a a commercial the previous year for the playoffs, and uh, they reached back out, and I was is when we had a little bit more time and resources, and uh, we shot it in um, Baltimore and New England, and um, and kind of uh, observed their fan culture, and and also kind of uh, you know found some other fans inside those cities. But yeah, I mean, New England and Baltimore have great fan bases, so it was a yeah, it was a great project. As we're easing into your documentary, maybe next year, most people only experience one NFL fan base culture. That's why I brought up that NFL commercial you made right because you gotta you gotta at least for a little bit experience somebody else's culture i I, and i spent some time in uh detroit in the late 90s early 2000 that was the barry sanders era uh, for the lions and then over on michigan wolverines they had charles woodson so for for you growing up in philly what was the eagles traditions and game day experiences like oh man i mean pretty uh you know pretty intense i mean I grew up outside Philly, but around with my family, uh, you know, both my family, uh, both my parents are, are big Philly sports fans. My mom had uh, a Phillies game on in the delivery room when I was being born. So I was literally <laughs> born into sports fandom. Day uh, one. Like to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Day one, exactly. Can't, yeah. can't get any earlier than that. <laughs> yes. So it started, uh, started, uh, started right away. My grandpa was at the 1960 championship, the last time the Eagles had won a championship. Wow. So it was, uh, you know, it was always a, a pretty, uh, you know, ruckus environment, you know, going down to the stadium. And so when it came time to thinking about a project, I felt like it would be great to kind of capture some of the environment around the games and look at where all that passion comes from. Were you basing it partly on your experiences as a youth? As you said, your day one fan or did you kind of like have to go undercover? Because it's a weird thing to kind of separate yourself from the culture a little bit to like shoot a documentary about it. Yeah, no, I, it was, um, 
you know, I'm still a, I'm still a huge fan. I went to, I went to college at Drexel university. So I lived in Philly, uh, for five years and, uh, I kind of, uh, even not only just my youth, but also my, uh, my young adulthood, you know, I was able to kind of see it in a different light and felt like, felt like it had these great characters, you know? Um, so I felt like I, you know, it'd be great, like a great character study to kind of look at, you know, to, to look at them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And one of the great characters we meet in your documentary is Eagle Shirley. Her relationship with the Eagles is fascinating because she's on the phone uh, with a radio sports show in the morning and she passionately says, I will ride or die for the Eagles, but they got to do the same for us. And that's the frustrating aspect of professional sports. It's a spectator sport. Uh, so you mentioned there's a lot of cool characters. Like, who are some of the fans slash characters uh, you profile in maybe next year? Yeah, I mean, Eagles Shirley, I think what you just said is is a good example of kind of like trying to observe how people, uh, like what they expect from fandom, whether they use it in different ways or one character. Jesse represents legacy. Or his dad, uh, you know, when he was watching the games, he thought he thought the games were called uh, Get That Motherfucker because that's <laughs> yeah. what his... Uh, that's what his dad uh, used to always scream at the TV. So he thought that's what football was called. Mm -hmm. So we talk a lot about, you know, how, you know, sports uh, fandom kind of gets passed on through family numbers. Uh, obviously it happened to me. Um, we have Bryant who uh, has a YouTube channel who kind of represents anger and kind of the negative side and kind of how people uh, maybe use fandom as a, as a way to get out, you know, some other feelings and some other challenges in their life. Uh, and then you have uh, Barry, who is kind of, you know, has wrapped up his obsession into this huge castle that he's kind of built, uh, this shrine, and has kind of created his own community. So kind of wanted to create an objective portrait of these people and kind of just follow them in a fly-on-the-wall sort of way and get inside their lives and, uh, um, you know, try to understand uh, why they are fans and, and how, you know, uh, how they support their teams in different ways and, and hopefully it's kind of an analysis of what it means to be a fan. Yeah, and I also want to acknowledge, too, the city of Philadelphia, because that was another character in your documentary. Uh, the way you shot Philly uh, reminds me of Gotham City and Batman. Obviously, everybody wants to read <laughs> Batman comics, uh, yet like your doc, they're there for the characters and the story, but the city itself is so central, right? You can't have Batman without Gotham City. And in the same way, uh, the way you shot Philly was really interesting because you had different locations from pizza joints and different bars. Were you really selective as well in terms of uh, the places you shot in Philadelphia as you were with the individuals that you want to portray in the doc? Yeah, I, I mean, I tried to show up different parts of Philadelphia, and I also feel like, for me, South Philly is a is kind of, you know, it's where the team plays, uh, it's where the stadiums are, so, and it's also, you know, has, like, this rich history, so I felt like, you know, I wanted to show off a lot, a lot of parts of South Philly, but yeah, all parts of Philly and, and places that I feel like meant certain places to fans and, and also certain, certain, you know, something to me. So it's definitely a character in the movie. And I tried to show it off in a way that I don't think I have, you know, I'm, it's not always shot that way. And hopefully it's kind of a, an authentic view of what it, what it feels like in Philadelphia. And what about sports radio? That's another character that kind of uh, subtly shows up every, every so often in the documentary. It's almost like uh, it's, it sets the tone like a DJ at a party. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, we obviously relied heavily on it to kind of be the narrator through the movie. I mean, we tried to, um, you know, it's, it's sports talk radio in Philadelphia is really big. I mean, they're kind of like, uh, they're kind of like therapists to a lot of these fans and, and they call in and, 
you know, they have this, you know, relationships with them and, and they, they talk about, you know, why they're upset or why they're happy in it. It kind of provides, you know, this kind of personal on air, you know, kind of diary in some way of the season of how people were feeling through, you know, moment by moment and game by game and, you know, day by day. So it, it feels to me like the perfect kind of uh, narration to get to the pulse of what the fans were feeling. And I'm curious then, like, one of the things that's absent in your documentary is there's no representation from the Eagles team. Like, you don't have a player interview or somebody from, like, an owner of the team or anything like that. And I'm curious, like, I understand that you want to focus on the sports fans, but how come you decided the the one part of the equation, the things that they love, is not actually present in the doc? Yeah, I just feel like a lot a lot of that's covered. I think the NFL does a great job uh, a, a, a number of different ways, you know, between hard knocks and, and even the Eagles as an organization does a great job, you know, putting out content each week about, you know, uh, certain players mic'd up and, and certain player interviews. And, and, you know, I feel like it's, it's really covered. I feel like I wanted to show off a different side of, of the sport. And I feel like for me, obviously, you know, being from – from Philadelphia that I, I wanted to show what means the most to me, which is like, no matter how the teams are doing, I think the fans always show up. And I wanted to kind of, I, I wanted to kind of show that. So with a, a large fan base, then how did you then, what was your process then for narrowing the fans that you did pick? I, I know you said like Brian, for example, represents the anger, but there's a lot of fans that kind of represent the anger. So what was the process mm-hmm. like to kind of winnow down and uh, make your documentary choices? Yeah, I mean, it was difficult. I mean, it was kind of, you know, we kind of shot with a bunch of different people and we're trying to figure out, you know, what they had going on in their own lives during the season and, and what they kind of had, uh, you know, going on, um, you know, kind of not yet, just even in their own personal lives. You know, someone like Jesse, I feel like, you know, it, it was a good character because not only is he a different type of fan, but I feel like, you know, the story that he represents was happening then and I felt like we were able to kind of, capture a moment in his life that you know for him with you know being able to have that game with his dad and and uh um and now you know have this moment as his son grows up i feel like we were able to capture you know something personal for him so i felt like i guess as a as a filmmaker i was just looking for something outside something unique something you know moments that they could share vulnerability there was there was just a number of things that that went into it but i feel like we we not only obviously focus on those four fans, we try to capture the community as a whole, but those four fans particularly, I feel like had something special that we wanted to capture. And speaking of special, like you lucked out, like you got a really special season. This was the season where they won the Super Bowl, uh, when the Eagles won the Super Bowl in 2018. Did you have a sense of that? Like when you started this documentary, I think the season before they were like seven and nine. Uh, so did you think they were going to be like amazing or they were going to win or was this, that was just the way <laughs> the documentary life worked out? Yeah. I mean, no, I, I obviously got lucky. You know, we, it, we, we felt good. I went, I went to, you know, I went down there and it was at one of the games and felt like the team was doing well and we started filming and, and, uh, you know, we shot for three months in, in, in 2000, uh, like during that season, 2017 through 2018. And I felt like, as they kept doing well, I was like, man, this could be the year. But I felt like win or lose, I feel like the, the expectations were so high because of what Carson Wentz was doing. Uh, so when he goes down and Nick Foles, you know, takes over, I'm like, oh, man, I wonder where this is going to go. And, I'm, you know, each each game is, you know, you're kind of gambling on, is this going to be the last, the last 
thing we film and we're going to figure it out. So I never expected it to be a feature film. I kind of was just shooting it as this, this short film to, to follow characters and, and it turned into something larger. From what we're describing, what we're talking about is maybe next year a sports documentary or is this a spiritual documentary about like faith and belief and like doubt and Sunday service with miracles? Uh, hopefully both. I mean, I feel like I was I was trying to kind of make a character study and and uh, trying to uh, you know observe fandom on an objective level and, and and capture these moments. But obviously, stumbling into what turned into the best year in Eagles history, it definitely turns into a sports movie and turns into me capturing the spirit through the season. So, I definitely both. So hopefully, people that are fans of sports will like it, and hopefully, people that are fans of documentary that maybe aren't into the sport but are fascinated by you know characters like bryant who are complex and and uh hopefully there's you know something in it for them too yeah i felt bryant was the obvious one in terms of the anger uh in terms of the crossover appeal of the documentary like yes obviously that it is focused on philadelphia and the eagles fan base but the anger that bryant feels and he expresses throughout the documentary it really echoes uh i think what a lot of sports fans feel like if you're a knicks fan lately <laughs> what his you could easily take everything that he says and just substitute the word eagles for Knicks. you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah yeah I, yeah I, you know I, it's not that's why it's like it's about the eagles but it's really about sports fandom in general and i think i think it drives people to do crazy things you know uh i think it i think obviously people gamble on the games and, and people spend a lot of money on tickets and and people wrap themselves up in it in the way that it represents a piece of their their community and their city and their family. So it, it becomes really personal really quick, you know, and you're spending, you know, three hours on a Sunday during the week, you're listening to sports talk radio, you're getting ready, you're spending money on gear. It creates this very personal relationship. So when the team doesn't perform to the expectations that you have for them, you know, you get frustrated. And I think for him, I think some of it is, you know, misplaced. And I think that that's what we were trying to show. I think sometimes, um, I think, you know, it can come from different places, um, you know. So I think we were trying to just observe that. This is a bit of a tangent, but I want to stay with Philadelphia. So if you don't feel comfortable answering it, that's fine. But the city that you portray and the passionate, and as I said, Eagle Shirley is like, we're going to ride or die with the team. I'm curious how a city like Philadelphia handled the trust the process for the Sixers which meant a lot of losing seasons, but they knew that we're going to be losing seasons up front. Yeah, well, I think we're still, I think <laughs> yes. we're still battling with <laughs> yes. that, you know? Yeah, because yeah. trust the incomplete process. Yeah, I mean, I think we were hoping, you know, it's it's been a, it's been longer than, you know, people expected, you know, and, and there were a lot of bad seasons there. So I think it was, I think by them doing that, I think they were just saying, like, just just wait. But what's been tough is it's definitely it's been longer than expected, uh, you know. And then you see Jimmy Butler doing really well this this season in the playoffs, uh, particularly the finals, you know. And you're wondering why did why did we let him go? Why couldn't we figure it out? But I don't know. They're making they're making some moves in the front office, so I feel like feel like hopefully the process will be complete <laughs> within the next couple of years. You know, fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. But we shall we shall see. Yeah. So. The Philly fans have a notorious reputation, reputation, right? Obviously, booing Santa Claus is uh, one of the top things. Uh, even in the documentary, acknowledge that the, there's a jail in the stadium. How much of that do you feel is like a media construct, uh, like maybe like an unfair narrative, 
or is that like something that they've kind of fully earned? You know, I, I, I hope the film can kind of, you can make your own assumptions of it. So I don't want to steer anyone too far. My own beliefs, I, I feel like the media definitely wants to run with that narrative no matter what. Uh, so I feel like sometimes it's just laziness and they're leaning on things from the past. And I think you can point out a lot of other fan bases and say the same type of stuff can happen. So I don't think it's, you know, um, I think some of it's misplaced, but I think hopefully the film gives you a better understanding of it in an intimate way and you can make up your own, you know, uh, assumptions on it. Yeah. That makes sense. And I mean, you mentioned too, like, like you didn't just focus on the fans, you focus on the community. And I think that sometimes gets lost. Sometimes we see the loudest people, like the boorish people or somebody throwing the batteries, and then that signifies the whole fan base. But the community is so diverse and so large that it's not a fair tag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of great people. And I, and also like, I don't know. I think it's up for. I think there's different things up for debate, and you know, I I think why why people do certain things. I think, or like I said, hopefully it's it's a number of different reasons. I think you know, there's when you get people in you know together in large groups and they're they're drinking and they're you know their adrenaline's going. I think no matter the function, I think whether it's sports or or concert or you know something else, I feel like you know people get rowdy and there'll be a couple people that will take it a little bit too far. But I think in general, hopefully, you know, I think Eagles fans uh, are just extra passionate. I think they just care more. And I think when you care more about something, uh, that can come out in different ways. And I think, you know, the, the documentary, you see a man after they win the uh, the NFC championship uh, crying in the middle of Broad Street, you know, yeah. and just comes up to us and is just, you know, is just at a loss for words about what it means to him. And he, we, don't, we didn't know him. And he just walked up to the camera and was and was crying. So I think, you know, I think like that, whether, you know, whether it's, you know, doing, you know, showing emotions in a different way or crying in the middle of, you know, Broad Street, I think it shows how much people care. Speaking of people care, there's a great scene uh, where Eagle Shirley is teaching other women uh, about football. She's in the church basement and it's just a lot of women that uh, don't know football or have a man that has like watches football. So they lose him for the season. Basically they're like uh, football Mm -hmm. widows. And so it's just great because she's like trying to explain to them the game and the beauty of the game and everything that goes on and trying to get them injected into this beautiful culture. Yeah. Yeah. That was a, that was a, a really interesting and fun scene to to be a part of and, and observe. And I think Shirley, uh, you know, wants to uh, include women and wants, uh, you know, uh, sports, I think sometimes, feels a bit archaic and a little bit like in its dynamic about, you know, inclusion. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, what Shirley is doing and, and teaching the women about certain things, I, you know, it, 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 it seems, you know, it's noble that she wants to continue to make people feel more included. And, and uh, I don't know, some of her tactics, I mean, she, I think so much of it is really says so much about her personality and, and really how much she cares that she wants to, you know, run these classes to help other women, you know, kind of uh, share the share the knowledge so they can be included too. So it says a lot about her, I feel like. Yeah. And not just caring too, but like your documentary about fandom comes at a really interesting time because by about mid-March, all the sports leagues had shut down or were in, were in doubt whether they would even start up, uh, whether the NFL season would start and things like that. So 
we had a very different perspective for the for three months or so of like yeah we don't know if there's going to be sports again and it's it's a lot different than the off season obviously like the off season there's people are being cut there's trades there's different things that are still happening uh, and there's momentum and you know when the season is going to start this period of time that we had in march and april and may was so weird uh for fans and so your documentary comes at a weird time we're celebrating fandom after we've now had a perspective where we know what we've lost in a sense yeah that's a good point and i as i was thinking it too even though the sports are back i i've been thinking what the players are feeling and also what the what the fans are feeling as viewers that i feel like there's this disconnect that even though it's back we're not we're not connecting in the same way right like mm-hmm. there's only there's only 7500 people allowed into the link uh right now you know so it's you don't feel the fans you know at the games you know at eagles games right now the way they normally would and i i don't know if that affects the performance for the players but i know that like so much and i feel like i think a lot of fans would say this so much what you love what i love about being a fan and what i think other people love about being fans isn't just about what happens in those three hours on the field it's about everything it's about going down it's about being there with your family or your friends or people you don't even know it's about that community it's about that that tribe and and i'm missing that right now and i'm sure a lot of other people are too so it it's still i still feel disconnected from the sport you know, in a way, because I'm not able to go to the games and and, uh, and 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 feel that community that I normally would feel. So hopefully, the hopefully the film can remind people what they what some people love about sports. Yeah, as we're wrapping up, like you, we just had America just had a major election, and one of the narratives, and it's really easy narrative to kind of get away with, is is like, oh, we're so polarized, we're on opposites, we're not going to ever see eye to eye. But then when you see things like your film or you see like people coming out for basketball games and NFL games and stuff, it's 20, 40, 60,000 people. And they're all of a sudden agree on one thing. You know what I mean? Like right. you get to, yeah. you don't, we need to see examples of that. where like, there is a community here and there's a lot of things that where people agree on. Like you said, that dude was crying in the street, like, and they hadn't even won the yeah. Super Bowl at that point. You know what I mean? So, yeah we need to see those unity yeah no there was something beautiful that happened during uh you know that that stretch that year especially during the playoffs you know the the playoffs through january then the the super bowl in that february in 2018 that there is something that i've never seen philadelphia come together in in my in my 31 years of you know of, of being around the city i've never seen anything like it and that's why i just feel lucky to capture it because you know you saw you know, the day of the parade, you know, there was like a video of someone, you know, like just people hugging and taking a jersey off their back and giving it to just a stranger. I mean, it really felt like the, that we were all connected in a way that I've never seen Philadelphia, who's known for being kind of a, you know, a, yes, it's the city of brotherly love, but it's like you got to earn that love. It's tough love. You know, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it doesn't always come easy. And I feel like, what I saw in those couple of weeks is was definitely an example of what sports can do uh, to bring people together, and it, and it definitely is a beautiful thing. So as we just finish up, then I want to shift to the present because in your documentary, obviously, Carson Wentz uh, goes down, and then everyone's like, "Oh, Nick Foles can't do it," and then it's like it's just tragedy ensues. Um, and of course, everyone was wrong, and Nick Foles delivered a championship, but. The Eagles have stuck with Carson Wentz, and um, 
he's been stinky lately. So <laughs> do you feel like that was the the right move then to kind of keep Wentz, uh, especially after Foles kind of did the work? I do. I do. I'm a, I'm a big Carson Wentz supporter, and I feel like, you know, Nick Foles was the perfect, you know, the perfect guy for the perfect moment. I, I like to think of him as like the perfect relief pitcher, you know, that came in and, and, and pitched, you know, a couple, couple it out. great games. and. and yeah, and closed and closed out the season. That literally, you know, Carson was the starting pitcher and was having an MVP type season until he gets injured. So, I think Carson, you know, the way he's playing now with you know with an injured you know starting line and uh, you know practice squad wide receivers, I think he's trying to do too much. I think he's uh, got to get back to basics a bit, and I think he'll be all right in the long run. And it's the guy that I think will lead us to another championship. All right, that's we. That's a positive note. We can end it there because uh, that's the hope, right, of the of the fan, that's right? That's the hope. That's the belief, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Maybe next year, right? So drinking the potion. Yeah. yeah. And so the the documentary will be out on DVD on November 10. Is that the plan? Yep. Yep. Amazon, Amazon Video, Apple TV, VOD, and uh, DVD on November 10. All right. And is there a place where people can go to find more information about the documentary or about you? Yeah, maybe next year film dot com. Uh, you can find more information uh, on the film, and uh, yeah, find everything there. All right, uh, that's it. I think we covered quite a bit, didn't we? We went from uh, trust the process uh, to the guy crying on Broad Street uh, to, <laughs> to, the, to the anger, <laughs> right? So and yeah. we covered the faith yeah. and the doubt and the and the hope of being a sports fan. I think we covered quite a bit. Yep. Covered a lot of ground. I appreciate the time, Sammy. Yeah, no problem. Thank you very much. Uh, have a good night. Thanks, Sammy. You too, man. Take care. Yo, that was Kyle Thrash talking about his NFL documentary, Maybe Next Year. And I, I am Sammy Yunan. Man, it's been an interesting sports year once all live sports shut down in mid-March. By March 12, 2020, all sports fans were stuck in this no-man's land. We'd never been here before. Leagues about two-thirds into their season, like the NHL and NBA, they didn't know how to proceed. Leagues such as MLB and NFL didn't know if they could or would start. It was awkward, like a grade-A dance. We've all been living with GPS directions for so long that we didn't know what to do when we suddenly got lost. There is no break from the sport, any sport. The offseason just means no games are being played. But trades, free agent signings, coaches hiring and firing, drafts that look ahead, documentaries that look back, ESPN, they all fill that void of the games until the proper season commences. We knew how to navigate the offseason, but this spring was not an off-season. If we're being honest, it was an off-season. Which is why, as I pointed out in my interview with Kyle Thrash, his documentary comes at such a unique moment. Maybe next year celebrating fans when fans are so removed from the game. That popcorn smell, the, the taste of the hot dog, the roar of a crowd, the feel of that hard chair in the literally named cheap seats, and the spectacle of your team your boys, your colors, performing at an elite level. Yes, this is a documentary about Philadelphia Eagles fandom, but it's a documentary about all of us. 
this is a football movie that isn't about football. Winning championships makes cities better. Winning makes life better. In our pre-COVID life, the bus was late. The winter day was freezing. The boss was in a mood. There was so much that was not in our control that affected us. Sports is like that. I can cheer. I can boo. I can chant defense. And I can make comments about a player's mother. But I have no control. Except over my emotions. I can express my passions, connect with others, laugh during the good times, and find comfort in the dark moments. And you can see all of this, all of these common experiences in Kyle's documentary, including hope. Because maybe next year is ultimately about hope. Recognize and celebrate hope whenever you find it. Hope is the fuel of the underdog. Speaking of hope, and I'll even throw in joy, I write a newsletter called My Pal Sammy. You can find it at Substack. Go to Substack.com and sign up for My Pal Sammy. And every week, like sports fans... We get into pop culture recommendations that give us joy and hope and make us laugh and some maybe even make us cry. Sarcasm is guaranteed. Thanks so much for listening to me in a Netflix world. Super Bowl champs, yo.